0: I'm Shannon.
1: I'm Emma. And I'm Erica. She's back. She's back, Yay! baby. <laughs> <laughs> How exciting. We have you
2: again. I returned. I've reanimated. <laughs> We've
0: reanimated Erica. Do you get that joke? If you don't, you better go over to our website, thispodcastdoesntexist.com. Dot com. Where you can stream all of our episodes and follow us on all the social medias. You can even write in uh you should do that yeah there's a there's a nice big fancy button it says write in
1: right on the front page of our website not not gonna have to go search for it you can just click it yes and write to us and let us know how you doing yep how we doing yep what you want us to be talking about yep what you want to be talking about yep anything you've got spooky for me to read to shannon rude um, <laughs> <laughs> kind any pod suggestions any episode suggestions that you'd like to hear from us because i've run out you guys i don't have any more i'd really Head like empty.
0: to no thoughts smooth doc, brain doc empty no thoughts <laughs> <laughs> um and shout out to people who recently left us a review yeah. we really appreciate it and uh if you're a longtime fan of the pod maybe go on over to like apple podcasts and write a review
1: yeah it really helps get us out there in the world so that we can haunt people while we're still alive
0: and that's really the goal
1: that it really is I would like that very much please and thank you
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) Erica's like housekeeping is boring but I'm here too (laughs) I fully support you huzzah well something that Erica is well aware of um, because we both spend probably too much time on the clock app is that tiktok really wants me to rewatch doctor who it keeps showing me clips and things and i'm like i don't have the time for this i there's a new you season of d20 i'm already behind by two episodes how am i supposed to do this you
1: don't have the wibbly wobbly timey-wimey no stuff for
2: it? No. I don't know where this is going, but I'm already so in.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too. I also not not like four days ago suggested that one of my coworkers start watching Doctor Who because he had no clue what it was and was talking about like how much he loves sci fi bo- like T V shows. And I was like, How have you not even how? heard of Doctor Who? How- and so I told him about Brit Box, which is that like attachment you can get to Prime, mm-hmm. and I was like, dude yeah you have to
0: and he was like okay all right fine where do i start and then when he's done he should watch warehouse 13 oh my god i love that show less well known but very beloved by your two hosts i i love do
1: you know this show erica no you should watch it it is great and there is a character who i love named hg wells (laughs) oh lord (laughs) (laughs) it's unexpected and it's so
2: Okay. all right all right i'm Emma's like
1: about
0: to cry it, with goes joy. To you. <laughs> it
2: makes me so happy I,
1: I love them so much your face is like breaking I, with joy i like, also want
0: to sp- I, I believe it's it. like many several uh seasons shorter than t- the new Doctor oh Who.
1: absolutely it is also the episodes are, are
0: shorter yeah. yeah yeah anyway anyway sorry um, to, i'll
1: show you warehouse 13
2: i promise i right. promise
0: that this relates so sort of t- ch- tangentially but yes, so I've seen many a video on, on TikTok reminding me the Doctor Who was fun and also sad. And also I saw a video about today's topic, which is also sad.
1: Oh no. Oh,
0: sorry. Can't all be frozen heads in the freezer. <laughs> Can't do it.
2: <laughs> and, and beasts of Bray Road that look like demonic muppets. No, sorry i reanimated and all i got was this existential <laughs> dread and tear stains on my face
0: i'm sorry bye fallout boy um
2: <laughs> <laughs> get out of my brain i was literally about to say from, <laughs> brittany from and erica
0: boy boy. are one set of orange cats that share a brain cell and you and i are another set of orange cats
2: hi brittany i borrowed the brain cell thanks bye
0: <laughs> also wait a second i we're we passed our anniversary. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah! So
1: the episode that dropped for our anniversary was the the death of Alma Sands. Yes, looking at the spreadsheet. Anyway, yes. um, we did mention that we'd been doing it for three years, but That's happy true. anniversary, happy
0: anniversary. Blah, 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 blah. Excellent. Yeah. On the day that we're recording this, it's also the day after Emma and I's 11th wife anniversary. And in true couple that's Old been together for a while, both of us, uh, both of our gifts for each other are going to be late because we ordered them too late. And um, I straight up forgot that our pot anniversary is also As- close to our wife anniversary. <laughs> As did I, because we got in line for coffee
1: yesterday. And I went, dude, I just remembered our pot is tomorrow. And you went, oh, I forgot about that. And I
0: immediately hugged her because I was like, thank God. We're the same. (laughs) Yeah. But we love you. Thanks for being here. And if you're new, welcome.
1: Yeah. Hi, friends. Awesome. All of my coworkers. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for listening to this nonsense. I uh, hope you don't find oh, me weirder than your hello weirder.
0: also to my co-workers haroon kasuri Hi you
1: friends.
0: already think i'm silly so it's just more of the same erica's also silly she's a silly goose
1: do you have any co-workers to shout out because <laughs> apparently that's the, that's the... welcome
0: to the
2: segment uh i'm still stuck on silly goose so i was gonna say honk
0: yeah well done
2: beautiful honk
0: well done. beautiful 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 Alrighty, so back to the sad, um, the sad things. Today I'm here to talk to you about the death of Vincent Van Gogh. No! Oh! Or- I was trying to figure out how it was
1: related to Doctor oh, Who, because I was like, there is a Titanic episode, but she won't be talking about Titanic again, will she?
0: <laughs> <laughs> she will. Yeah. In her daily life, absolutely. Just not today. <laughs> or Vincent Van Gogh, as the British say, <laughs> oh, yes. but I refuse to do that. <laughs>
2: Kind of like how they call it how cheese. Really? Yeah. That's wrong. And that? Or instead I mean, of it's Dutch, but
1: instead of baklava, which is what it genuinely is, yeah. they call it baklava.
0: Alright, that's just we- Adidas. I'll get, gi- I'll give you Adidas and aluminium, but clava is going too far.
1: It's another language. You're not allowed to. They're, have you met the British? Uh, that's fair. Exhibit that's A, ex- the British you're, Museum. You're you're correct. I. How could I forget? Okay, that anyway, the, we don't amazing, have time for that. Amazing clapback. We
0: don't. Some of us have dinner plans. We don't have time for that. Uh, content <laughs> warning. Me. Content warning for depression, institutionalization, and suicide. Just throwing <laughs> that out there.
2: I was about to say same before you got to the suicide. Uh, yeah, like, I know.
0: <laughs> Sh- boop, 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 boop. All right. So, here's a little bit of background, because of course there's background, because it's me. Famously ginger, Vincent van Gogh was born in the Netherlands in 1853 as the the son of a minister. Howda. (laughs) (laughs) He spent seven, seven years working at a commercial art firm before deciding to try his best to add some good to the world as a teacher and a preacher. And yes, that does rhyme. He stepped up his drawing game while working as a missionary with Belgian coal miners and was eventually dismissed by the church in 1880. Oh, <laughs> they were like, and we don't need you anymore. They were like, good uh, try. Okay. Um, We're good. You, you, Your interests lie elsewhere. So maybe scoot on along. And now I have a quote from the National Gallery, which you should go to if you're near or visiting Washington, D.C. Please do. Quote, Van Gogh's earliest paintings were earth-toned scenes of nature and peasants. Yeah. But he became increasingly influenced by Japanese prints and the work of the Impressionists in France. In 1886, he arrived in Paris, where his real formation as a painter began. Under the influence of Camille Passaro, shout out to lady painters, what's up? Van Gogh brightened his somber palette and juxtaposed complementary colors for luminous effect. Younger artists like Henri de Toulouse-Lautrec and Paul Gauguin <laughs> prompted him to use color symbolically and for its emotional resonance, unquote. I love this. Is This feels like a new
1: bit that you because this was also part of yesterday where anytime Shannon will see a French word or phrase, she will just over enunciate and
2: over phlegm it. It is so good. Wait, wait, wait. Like her favorite restaurant?
0: <laughs>
2: or, or, <laughs> oh yeah
0: i'm right. sorry i think you mean <laughs> there we go there it is i was trying to get her to do it look here's the thing if i know i'm going to mispronounce it i might as well make it funny haha <laughs>
2: <laughs> do we do we need to unpack that is no. that
0: something we need to no? no Okay. we don't have time for that no, some of don't. us have dinner plans <laughs> yeah <laughs> Some of us are wearing real clothes and some of us are wearing comfies. Though he enjoyed the artistic offerings of France's capital, he also found it overstimulating. Hashtag same. So he moved out to the countryside in early 1888. He hoped the calm would help him hone his craft and awaken new artistic energy in him. They're both riding invisible horses right now, and I can't focus. Oh, I thought
1: I was in the carriage with you, and you were the one that had the reins. That's what I was doing. That's what I thought, too. Oh,
2: okay. okay. So Clearly, we, we were on the safe from yeah. the mime. <laughs> I'm the trying best... to get him on the bingo card, you guys. The best
1: supervillain. <laughs> well, reference to a real-life friend or person. There you go. He's real? <gasps>
2: Only as real as Greg, <laughs> our favorite grip did. Okay, fair. Sorry, Shannon. Please keep telling us about Van Gogh. <laughs> no, yes. you're fine.
0: We need some levity for uh what's for to come. later. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. As, great. As early as 1883. Oh, uh, we're talking about uh this section of the the notes is titled A Troubled Mind. As Aww. early as 1883, Vincent van Gogh wrote to his brother Theo, quote, as to the time I still have ahead of me for work, I think I may safely presume that my body will hold up for a certain number of years. Between seven to ten, say. I should plan for a period of between five and ten years, unquote. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's, first of all,
1: very sad just in general, but also the, like, okay, I've got maybe five or seven years, so um, let's, just so you know, if you want to say goodbye to me, you got to say goodbye to me within that time frame.
0: Thanks so much. (laughs) Like, hope you're good. Yeah. Just prepping (laughs) you. Uh, Van Gogh hoped to attract like-minded painters out to the countryside, but only Gauguin joined him. Who the, He stayed with Van Gogh for about two months, uh, but it soon became clear that their personalities and artistic temperaments were incompatible, and Van Gogh suffered a breakdown just before Christmas. Oh. It was during this period that Vincent, in a deeply depressive state, famously cut off part of his left ear, reportedly to give it to a prostitute.
2: I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, ma'am, sir, I don't need that. Thank I, you so much.
2: I didn't know about the prostitute part.
0: That yeah, that's that, in some of the sources. I don't know. I didn't dig deep into it, but
2: that's fair. That doesn't feel like payment.
1: That feels like well, I think threat.
0: it was. Uh, I think it was more like uh not a payment, but so much as like, like a token a keep me with you Ooh. maybe i don't know <laughs> no, again that's, that's a fair thing i didn't like... i didn't get into it but he was he was not well
1: no poor guy no yes. poor buddy
0: um this paired with a series of other incidents led to a public petition that required van gogh to enter the hospital uh the community was like bro you're not good so we're just gonna have you go over here okay Thanks. His condition improved and he was ready to be discharged by March 1889, which coincided with the bro- uh, the wedding of his brother. However, at the last moment his resolution failed him and he confided to Frederick Salis, who served as an unofficial chaplain to the hospital's Protestant patients, that he wanted to be confined to an asylum. At Salas's recommendation, Van Gogh chose an asylum in nearby Saint-Rémy and entered treatment in May of 1889. He painted whenever he could, believing that continuing to work was his only possible route to sanity. It was during this period that he produced some of his most famous works, including Story Night. He worked in a style called plain air, aka working outside. Shout out to my mom. I was just about to say, shout out to Karen. <laughs> Karen Fletcher Fine Art at K Fletcher Art.
2: She's a great follow. <laughs>
0: yes. I love it. Hi, Mama Karen. Go follow my mom. Da-da-da-da. <laughs> yeah. Marketing. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> She's a marketing professional. Certified. Ooh. From January to March of 1890, Van Gogh suffered his longest and most serious depressive relapse, according to researchers. After his discharge from the asylum, he returned north to be closer to his brother, an art dealer named Theodorus Van Gogh. What a great name, Theodorus, who also went by Theo. Uh, Fair or Theo? There's a there's a little thing over the e, and I look. You all know pronunciation is not my
2: thing.
0: (laughs) The young art dealer had been his older brother's constant support, which helped facilitate Vincent's career as an artist. So, shout out to siblings supporting siblings. Yay! Upon his move, his health seemed to improve, according to letters he wrote to family members, mentioning that his nightmares had almost completely disappeared. Oh, good! Because by the end of his time at the asylum, he, he wrote to various people about how like the illness of the other patients was like affecting his own mental state like Oof. pulling him down yeah. which i could see like yeah. if you were kind of on an upswing being around like bummer people well, or or seeing <laughs> you know? or seeing
1: other traumatic things happening to people either yeah. within their own heads to them like they're doing it to themselves or other like you know why they're there yeah i'm sure makes it very hard to feel like, he probably felt guilty for feeling better. Yeah. And, like, that's not fair, but yeah. that's, you know, he f- he seems like somebody who would take that as, like, I shouldn't be feeling better. I shouldn't mm-hmm. be here if I feel this way.
0: Fair. But. Therapy moment. Reminder that just because you're feeling depressed or sad or otherwise not at your best, that does not mean you are a burden and you should still talk to your friends. Amen thirded
2: oh there we go
0: huzzah and the motion passes <laughs> gavel
2: gavel gavel
0: <laughs> insert Brittany's gavel gif um furthermore an unsent letter to paul Gauguin, which van gogh wrote around june 17th is quite positive about his plans for the future after describing his recent colorful wheat studies, I saw one of those in person and I cried. As, he, you, as you should. He explains, quote, I would like to paint some portraits against a very vivid yet tranquil background. There are the greens of a different quality, but of the same value so as to form a whole of green tones, which by its vibration will make you think of the gentle rustle of the ears swaying in the breeze the ears of wheat i assume um <laughs> nope my ears m- ear shwung, 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 shwung. and a half um, <laughs> <laughs> it was not at all, uh, at all easy as a color scheme unquote <laughs> Aww. but uh he wanted he was like yeah i want to do some yeah
2: i love this like happy part but also i hate it because i we know, know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: sorry that's welcome to the show <laughs> <laughs>
2: At least there are no creepy dolls today.
0: Yeah, you're welcome.
2: There
1: won't, there won't be a creepy doll in mine either. Are you? I don't like
0: your face. No, there are no creepy okay. dolls. <laughs> I was like, how on earth? I just had for the bit. I had to. <laughs> on July 2nd, there you go. writing to his brother, Van Gogh comments... visual bit acknowledged everybody (laughs) we will not be explaining the bit on the pod on july 2nd writing to his brother van gogh comments quote i myself am also trying to do as well as i can but i will not conceal from you that i hardly dare count on always being in good health and if my disease returns you would forgive me i still love art and life very much Mm. unquote His later letters demonstrate the fluctuation of feeling that is so common of depressive episodes, but overall, Vincent seemed newly rededicated to his craft with a seeming hope for the future. And now we're going to talk about the accepted truth, what a lot of people believe happened. Great. Love it. Sheep. (laughs) (laughs) Surround sound. On the morning of July 27th, Van Gogh left the inn where he was staying, as usual, to take to the surrounding fields to paint. When he did not return by nightfall, as was his custom, the innkeeper and his family grew worried. Vincent eventually showed up around 9 p.m., clutching his stomach and very out of it. He climbed the stairs to his room without explanation, where the innkeeper later, after hearing moaning, found the artist in his bed with a gunshot wound to his abdomen. They sent for the local physician, but he proved to be absent. They then called on Gachette, Van Gogh's friend and physician, who dressed the wound but left immediately, considering it a hopeless case. The following morning, two officers of the law visited the inn, questioning Van Gogh about his injuries. In response, he simply replied, My body is mine, and I am free to do what I want with it. Do not accuse anybody. It is I that wish to commit suicide. As soon as the post office opened on Monday morning, the innkeeper sent a telegram to Van Gogh's brother Theo, who arrived by train during the afternoon. The two men watched over Van Gogh, who fell into a coma and died at around one o'clock in the morning. In a letter to his sister, Theo told of his brother's feelings just before his death. Quote, he himself wanted to die. When I sat at his bedside and said that we would try to get him better and that we hoped that he would then be spared this kind of despair, he said, the sadness will last forever. I understand that he wanted what he wanted to say with those words, unquote. And then. This was just all so sad, but also nice. His brother Theo died at the age of 33, just six months after his brother died at the age of 37. No! In 1914, Theo's body was exhumed from his resting place in Utrecht, Netherlands, and reburied with his brother at the wish of his widow, Jo, so that the artist's visitors would know how close the brothers were in both life and death.
1: That's so sweet!
0: Yeah. What a good sister-in-law. She's like...
1: So yeah. you need this. Yeah.
0: This is this is your final resting place. Yeah. Which brings us to our new theory. Murder. <laughs> A 2011 book, Van Gogh: The Life by Stephen Neffe and Gregory White Smith challenged the accepted series of events, instead positing that the famous artist was in fact murdered. <laughs> Murder. <laughs> Before dying, Vincent was asked if he meant to commit suicide and allegedly said quote, "Yes, I believe so." Oh, but this does not explain why the easel and brushes that he had taken to the fields with him that day, not to mention a gun, were never found, and nor was a suicide note.
2: yeah, that feels weird. no gun,
0: no gun, no gun. that's
2: usually important for gunshot ones, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. The book questions whether or not the artist could even get a gun because people knew that he had been in an asylum.
1: Ah. And I was like, yeah. oh,
0: community care. What a thought. Uh, the Never au- heard of her. And we should ban The authors say that 16 year old Renee Secretan, who had previously bullied Van Gogh, was the one responsible for his death. 16 year old? Mm hmm.
2: Bullying a grown ass man?
1: Uh-huh. Well, but a mentally ill
2: man oh i'm not to be clear the shade is on the 16 year
1: old there
0: yeah yeah but like yeah oh god okay yeah Yeah. right wow get ready because uh this kid totally sucks he's this bougie little rich boy who summers in the countryside and thinks that his (laughs) education gives him a license to do whatever he wants he's a foul little snot and i hate him
1: oh wow tell us more i will here's a quote
0: from vanity fair He said he modeled his behavior on his hero, Wild Bill Cody, whose Wild West show Rene had seen in Paris the year before. He bought a souvenir costume, fringed buckskin, cowboy hat, chaps, and accessorized it with an old small caliber pistol that looked menacing but often misfired. Unlike Rene, whose father was a powerful figure in the summer community, Vincent had no friends. Using his brother Gaston and Estite as his front man, Rene artfully slipped into the vacuum. He cozied up to the lonely painter at his cafe conversations with Gaston about art. He paid for another round of drinks. Meanwhile, he conspired with his followers to play elaborate tricks on the friendless tramp they called Toto. They put hot pepper on his brushes, which he often sucked when deep in thought, salted his tea and sneaked a snake into his paint box, Okay, so
1: child, child, child,
0: you are the worst. You're the worst. And I bet he had no repercussions at all. Oh, no, no, no. And we actually know all of this because this douche canoe wrote it down all later in his life.
1: What a great name.
0: Yeah. But also, it's all corroborated by other eyewitness accounts from the town. Great. So, like, people are like, oh, no, no he was a little snot. Like, he sucked.
1: (laughs) There's no way of denying it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There exists a long-neglected account by a woman from a distinguished family who had broken with the community narrative to say that Van Gogh was far from the Weefield at the time the fatal shot was fired. He was, according to her, on the road that led to the Sacretan family villa. This kid can... Mm. Eat it? Eat it. Yeah. Except he can't. No. Ew. Stay away. The most significant... So... There's that. That's the biggest thing about Renee, who sucks. The most significant piece of evidence in the author's minds is the bullet itself. Yes. To begin with, the abdomen is an unusual choice of location for someone intending to end their own life. Like, if you were trying to do that, there are other places that perhaps would have a more success rate yeah, if that was your goal
1: less suffering also easier like because to put a gun to your stomach and mm-hmm. to be able to pull like that well well it's possible it kind of hurts like yeah. you can't really yep
0: you gotta and you're gonna pretzel bend- yourself and
2: you're gonna bleed out
1: slowly yeah.
0: yeah the amount of there's no it took him peace. like 30 hours or something to die yeah there's no like immediate peace which
1: is what
0: usually people are looking for when they're trying to kill themselves yeah Yep. Furthermore, the trajectory of the bullet and the resulting wound were noted by caretakers to be at an odd angle for a supposed suicide. Finally, if suicide were truly his objective, why stagger back to the inn instead of finishing the task with another shot? That's what I was thinking as well. Okay, but why would would Van Gogh not accuse his murderer? Why would he say like, oh, yeah, I wanted to commit suicide? On answering why the dying Vincent would have covered up the truth for a boy he loathed, who, they say, was with his brother Gaston, with whom Vincent was friendly, the authors reasoned, quote, because Vincent welcomed death and didn't want to drag the brothers into the glare of public inquiry for having done him this favor.
2: So he was just like the nicest, most self-effacing, sad, sad, boy who needed a therapist to tell him to set some boundaries and stand up for himself and that he didn't deserve to die for some little shit
0: yeah yeah
2: also
1: like for someone who had been through a lot of mental suffering it might have felt like to him i don't want anyone else to feel this either which is a beautiful thing but also
0: awful i've never heard this before this was not a theory i'd ever heard before i had not either and then i saw a tiktok where someone was they like stitched a video that was like what's something that is like kind of yes um, you know off the mainstream that you wholeheartedly believe or whatever oh i need to get on that with zelda (laughs) fitzgerald (laughs) but anyway so the all the it's this book is like the primary like proponent for this murder theory I'll talk about another thing later on that is supporting it, but it's mainly them. The authors also find it odd that Vincent left no suicide note. Having visited the Dutch archive dedicated to the artist's memory, they were well aware that he was a prolific letter writer. So why would he leave no final words for his beloved brother, artistic colleagues, or the world at large? He did, however pen a letter to his brother on that fateful morning Uh, he didn't have a chance to post it obviously but he described a large order of paints that he had made just a few days before obviously mental health is not a you know parabola of you know oh once you are getting better you're better forever you know there are ups and downs but it would be a pretty dramatic turn to go from yeah i'm excited to paint i placed a big order of paint to um i'm ending my own life especially that morning like writing about the paints that morning
1: yeah that's a big jump
0: yeah the authors argue that the established narrative may be born of rotten fruit it's based mainly on the testimony of one person adeline ravot the daughter of the owner of the ravot inn where van gogh was staying where he died where he was staying comma and where he died Adeline was 13 at the time. She did not speak for the record until 1953, which was 63 years after the incident. When she did, she mostly channeled the stories her father, Gustav, had told her half a century earlier. Her story changed constantly, developing dramatic shape and even dialogue with each telling. No, lady. Ah. Like, tell me in extreme detail the events of something that happened to you when you were 13. No. exactly. Well, one time at the dance. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) And even though you may be like, oh, I remember stuff. You don't. Do you remember the exact, like, colors of things, the shapes? Like, you don't. You don't remember.
2: Absolutely not. And that's even before we get into, like eyewitness testimony is vastly
0: unreliable yeah that, yeah and yeah. i mean every time
2: you revisit a
1: memory in your brain you rewrite it like because yeah, you're
0: just remembering the last time you remembered it exactly which
2: is incredibly cool but also incredibly unhelpful
0: yeah. yeah one might suspect the culprit of vincent's depression to be a failing career as an artist in fact his star was on the rise he had received glowing praise in a parisian publication just a few months before his death the tale of his supposed suicide spread like wildfire, and as so often happens, rocketed the tragic genius to fame. Give people their flowers while they are still here, guys. They're sunflowers. Oh,
2: there's a great Tanya Tucker song about that. Really? Yeah, about Van Gogh or about giving people flowers while they're still giving people flowers while they're still alive. Brandy Carlisle's involved. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I there thought, it is. I
1: thought you were talking about Van Gogh in general, like that she had written a song about Van Gogh and giving him his love. That would
2: be very cool. Tragically, no. <laughs> there is the Don Henley song, Vincent. Anyway, go ahead. I'm well, like, Hosier, okay.
0: hello, are you listening? I'll host your song about Van Gogh. That would be so good. Oh, my gosh. Now
2: I'm questioning whether Don Henley... I think I might have the artist wrong on Vincent. Go ahead. I was like, <laughs> it's it, fine. The
0: Eagles... Don Henley of the Eagles? It, it, we,
2: it, it's fine. It's, not
0: well, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So now I'm going to tell you, speaking of names that are convenient in this case, uh, Dr. Vincent DeMeo, one of the world's leading handgun forensic experts, finds the evidence put forth by the suicide camp not quite up to muster. So now I'm going to read you a quote, another quote from Vanity Fair. It's a great article. It's in the show notes. If Van Gogh had shot himself, even in one of the strange contortions dictated by the location of the wound, not to mention while holding his shirt up as dictated by other theorists, he would have held the muzzle of the revolver at most a few inches away. Most probably, it would be in contact with the body. In such a case, there would have been soot, powder tattooing, and searing of the skin around the entrance. These would have been grossly evident. None of this is described in any of the forensic accounts. This indicates the muzzle was more than a foot or two away, closer to two rather than one, unquote. Hmm. I don't like that. Did you find the song?
2: Yes, it's Don
0: McLean. That Don makes sense. Henley. Got it. Yeah. Not the Eagles guy. American Pie. Yes. yes. American Pie. Thank you. Got it. Great job. A 2020 study published in the American Journal of Forensic Medicine and Pathology also seems to support this new theory. I tried to log in with my university credentials, and for some reason it didn't give me access to the whole paper, but the abstract is very helpful and it concludes, quote, it is therefore our opinion based on that limited information that in all medical probability, the cause of death is not a self-inflicted wound by Vincent Van Gogh and thus in all medical probability, a homicide, unquote. The abstract also describes how ret- how researchers tested the model of revolver used in the artist's shooting at various ranges and deemed it highly improbable for van Gogh to have shot himself without receiving a powder burn because at this point gunpowder was still very dirty the only like clean shooting weapons were only a few years old and they were in military Mm. use So if he had shot himself, he would have had powder residue on his hands, which I think someone would have noted at some point.
1: Yeah, that feels obvious. Like it would be obvious to people that, hey, what's on your hands or
0: why is it black around your stomach? Like, yeah, they would notice Recent scientific analysis of Van Gogh's painting materials, letters, and belongings has also challenged the suicide theory. The analysis shows that the artist had a high level of lead in his system, which can cause symptoms similar to those of mental illness, such as depression and manic behavior, mm. which is even more sad because then maybe he wasn't even, like, chemically depressed, like, with his brain chemicals. He just was experiencing it as a... Fi- yeah. yeah.
2: Let in the paints, question mark? Yeah. yeah. Suck it yeah, on the yeah, paintbrush? Yeah. yeah. Got
0: it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Being poisoned by his own hand. But like, uh, but then thinking that painting is the only thing that's going to make you sane. Oh. So if you want to feel sad, um, still so go watch the, there's a Doctor oh. Who episode where they go back in time and they visit Vincent Van Gogh.
2: Yeah. I was going to say that the third theory we're not discussing here is aliens, but go ahead.
0: Aliens are always an option. Yep. Um, Vincent Van Gogh died at the age of 37 and it's so wild to think that he was so close to sharing a century with us for whatever reason when i think of vincent van gogh i think old timey yeah whatever you know so, you so you know ago. what his self-portraits look like you don't think of him as someone he was 10 years away from 1900 like he could have lived to see the titanic the first world war and so many other things but like it feels
1: feels so far so away. removed yeah that's yeah
0: and that's wild weird and time is made up so
1: timey-wimey stuff
0: wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey
1: yeah that quote from doctor who when Vincent van Gogh has been brought to the museum and is looking at everything and Bill Nye is just like he was the most incredible person he was feeling such pain and he saw so much beauty in the world and he chose to share it with us like every time i see that scene i cry because it's so good also weird doctor who tidbit bill knight was supposed to be one of the doctors um, and unfortunately had to turn it down i don't remember why i don't know if there was like complications for other projects that he was working on Mm. but um he kept asking over and over can i just be in an episode can i just be in an episode and so they gave him the museum curator and he was like you could have given me nothing better like this is perfect
2: so cute
1: yeah but thank you. That was sad. But it was very interesting because that is definitely something I've never heard before.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Me either. But I. yeah, I, 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 yep. Yeah.
0: It is <laughs> Renee the little shit.
2: Yep. Yep.
0: We
1: Ooh. agree. We agree. Yeah. We, you've convinced us. Yeah. Great. We're completely convinced.
0: Done. You don't have to read the book. You don't have to read the nonfiction book, Emma.
2: Yes, you've convinced a jury of two Muppets, and I think that's <laughs> in the uh, universal law of everything, that means that
0: it's, it's true. true. And in the words of the court of law, <laughs> 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 Gabble. Um, Gabble. Uh, Great, and uh, remember, this podcast doesn't exist.
1: But Van Gogh's Genius does. And uh, there are some pieces at the National Gallery. So
0: go see those. Don't pay to go to that immersive gallery thing. It was no, stupid. No, it was really dumb.
1: It was cute, but like not worth Overpriced. the money. Yep. Okay. okay love, love you, you all. Bye. 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 This episode was researched, co-produced, and marketed by Shannon McCarthy. Co-produced and edited by Emma Kylie. Our theme song was composed and performed by Tom Emsley-Smith. The mailbag theme music was composed by Liam Kiley.